Sounds dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that sounded weird. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today we are extending our talk on inspiration, our conversation, I should say, on inspiration. Right. This is not Ted talk. (laughs) I don't even know Ted. And um, we realized that after we talked in the last episode, we were talking more about sort of individual inspiration, sources of inspiration, where you might look for it, how you can get unstuck, things along those lines. But one of the things that we neglected to talk about was the power of community and how that can be a great source of inspiration as long as you keep your perspective good. Yeah, there nice, are some vagaries. Yeah, wellspring of jealousy if you're into that sort of thing. But as artists, we so often toil alone and uh, it's nice to to know that other people are going through similar things that you're experiencing, especially in the darker moments um, and know that- Also oh, in the exciting moments, yeah. Well, well that's true. Yeah. That's very true, yeah. We lean on our communities to to help us through the the harder times, and Absolutely. then we celebrate the wins with our community. Yeah, and community can come in a lot of different forms. I know from the writing standpoint, I would always read about, oh, you know, these guys were part of this writers group in New York City or or in Austin or wherever, and like, oh, well, I'm here in West Virginia, and I'm a writer group of one because there's no one else in my community who's doing this. And so during the the height of the blog days, so back 2009, 2010, that was a way to find some community because that was part of the strategy. You know, you blog, you comment on other people's blogs, they come to your blog, and then you're sharing ideas, which is really cool. Um, And I have some people I met that way online that I still stay in touch with, which is pretty neat. Yeah. So there's that kind of stuff. Uh, There's the online stuff. And then uh, there are also workshops, um, which is a nice way to interact on a more intensive level with people, have a shared experience, things along those lines. So I'm kind of curious. I know you have a, a cadre of artist friends that you don't meet with in person. Right. I, was, I actually learned about Zoom long before COVID because of a, it was a, it was a marketing class I was mm-hmm. taking, but it turned out to be this fantastic community and I still meet regularly with several of those people and it really it started actually with a podcast. Oh, how about that? Right. I, you you may have alluded to this in your story, your oh, right. your personal yeah, yeah, story, yeah. right? Yeah, cuz I googled uh, you know, when I first learned about podcasts, I I googled art podcasts and and uh this one was mentioned um called the Savvy Painter podcast yeah. with Andrew Wood which I think I have mentioned before, and uh, I started listening to it. And that's when I first sort of recognized the power of community in terms of here were people saying things that resonated, you know, like, oh, oh my gosh, that person goes through that too. Not people I've, I had necessarily ever heard of, you sure. know. And then I ended up listening to one going down to a workshop in, this is all pre-COVID, of course, going down to a workshop in North Carolina, making some friends that way. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram has sort of become the the place where we all, or, or a lot of us keep in touch 
the other ones we still meet on Zoom very regularly. But And so this workshop, going back to the Savvy Painter and the marketing workshop, I'm guessing you didn't set out to find community. You were just like, I'm trying to figure out a way to promote my art and, you know, kind of get more of a foothold as far as making income from it. Absolutely. And, yeah, it was not planned. And so what was the mechanism? Like, how did you, was it just 70 of you on a call and then you're like, I like these people? Or was there more structure to it that put you in more intimate contact with exactly. the people that you... Yeah. Antrice does a nice job of you've got a group call, but then you're broken into smaller groups. So we had a small group of four oh, okay, cool. that we're meeting regularly. And uh, yeah, that's... What was the nature of the, the small group? Like, what were you guys talking oh, about in there? and that was the other interesting thing uh, that she did. It was by interest. So oh, cool. basically, we came up with things that either she gave us categories or we came up with categories or things that we were interested in. Mm -hmm. And then we were matched according to, so in this case, there were four of us that were really interested in this idea of developing our body, a current body of work. Gotcha. Yeah. And so uh, we met based on that mutual kind of goal. And we started out only talking about marketing and stuff like that. But, uh, but now that's... We still talk about that a little bit, but it's it's more about the creative practice and what we're working on. And yeah, and so that was what five, six years yeah. ago, something. I can't even. Yeah, and you're still yeah still meet with them regularly, text all the time. Yes, and, and have like never that. met them in person. Yeah, that's super cool. Two of us are meeting. I'm not, but two of the other ones are meeting and soon, and it's exciting. Like, what is that? If if you could be more specific, like what does that do for you? Like when you think about that group of people and, you know, the kind of either support or lift that you get from yeah. interacting. Well, it's definitely inspirational in terms of ideas being thrown back and I think I think back to all these art movements, you know, that were oh, yeah, yeah. that were based on people kind of exploring the similar concepts, living through similar cultural events and, and societal events. And COVID has definitely, I think, given lots of people that opportunity. But in this case, we text each other, you know, if we're mm -hmm. working on something in the studio and we're excited about it, we, you know, and then, well, have you tried? What if, have you thought about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we're also very involved in each other's personal lives. So, you know, we've gone. Sounds well. dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounded weird. But, you know, we are aware of things we're going through. And so we support each other in terms of, you know, regular life and stuff, too. Yeah. But it's. That's fantastic. But it really is a deep artistic bond because we all are trying to do kind of similar things. We yeah. all do different, very different kinds of art, That's what I was just gonna except say. that we're all painters. But yeah, you're the, but. the type of painting you do, the styles, all those are very different. And I think that's what's really neat about it is that you still have an opportunity to connect on a very uh, art, artistic level, regardless of the fact that you're not like, well, hey, I want to use this technique that you're using. It's, not, it's none of that. Like right. Which I wonder if some, in some ways if that feels a little safer Whereas if you were all doing the same kind of stuff, right, but yeah. like to your point about these artists and these movements, but in some ways that's also inspiring because it inspires you to, I don't want to say one up each other, but if someone does something really cool and 
that you find really effective. And you're like, well, I want to I want to explore that too. And so you kind of have this mutual progression through yeah. techniques and stuff like that, which I think is. Yeah. What about you? You're with your writing community. Well, um, as I mentioned in my story podcast, the most listened to, no, it's the least listened to episode <laughs> that we have. Um, but I went to a writing workshop and it was in person, obviously. I was in there with 23 other people. And we had this shared experience over the course of a week. In some ways, I was expecting it to be this magical thing. I should back up. So I applied to this. Uh, I, I talked last episode about working on short stories for a year. Mm. And I had written these short stories, and I felt pretty good about them. And uh, I submitted one of them as a, for an application for this writing workshop. The, the appeal of this workshop was that it was only a week long. So I, with a full-time job, it was something I could, I could do. Um, versus a lot of the other ones that are like six weeks long and mm -hmm. it makes it a little tougher. Uh, and the impetus to apply came from going, I'd gone to some conferences, some sci-fi fantasy conferences and noticed that people had their groups mm -hmm. and they would like, Hey, yeah, I'm hanging out, but I'm going to go to dinner with my, uh, my Odyssey group or my, you know, uh, Clarion group or whatever. And I was like, Oh man. And then, so there I was, and it's like, well, I, you know, I, I'm meeting people, which is awesome, but it's clear they have these already established relationships. And it occurred to me that that was something that I wanted because mm -hmm. having written for so long by myself and, uh, you know, have a great family support network and, you know, a lot of people rooting me on, but no one to really share the writing experience with. And being at the same stage, too, like the, the nice thing about this workshop is that most of us were pretty much at the same point in our quote unquote professional careers where we were kind of on the cusp and the hope was that this workshop would help push us over the edge to publication and stuff like that. So anyway, went to this thing and uh, it was awesome. You know, like most workshops, it was not like, oh my God, like it's, it's changed everything. And I learned all these magical tips that now everything's going to be better. It was like, yeah, it just affirmed that I was on the right track, but I met a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about Viable Paradise is they maintain a Slack channel. And so there's the whole like large group of all the Viable Paradise attendees from the most current year to whoever wants to participate who's been there before. And then they have individual channels for each year's group as well. That's great. Um, and so, yeah, so like now it's cool. Like people, when they get publications, they'll chime in in the Celebrate channel. Hey, I just got a, a story placed in Science Fiction Fantasy Magazine or whatever. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, so you have like a little cheerleading group. Um, there's, there's a craft channel. So you can, if you want to talk about techniques and stuff, you can do that. And then within that group for my year, we're a little closer than we are with the other people because we went through that experience together. And so we just have some little conversations in there and, and it ranges like you're kind of talking about anything from personal stuff to professional stuff and just a way to connect with other writers and, and just knowing that those people are out there. And if I do need something or if I'm struggling or I just want to connect, I can just jump in Slack and it's pretty cool. Um, in fact, uh, I think just like you shared the podcast with that group of folks and saw a nice spike. People were interested. I don't know if they're still listening, but yeah, just anyway, just a really cool group of folks and just very supportive and Going back to that being spurred on by other people's successes, you know, there's one guy who was in my class who's just crushing it and it's awesome, right? You know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, it, instead of being like, well, 
that guy's killing it and I'm not. It's like, well, A, I'm working on a novel. He's doing short stories. But it also, like, his stories are awesome, great writer, and it's inspiring to make me want to have that level of whatever that's in his work in my work. You know, it inspires me to want to make the best work I can possibly make. Yeah. So there's that workshop scene. There's the in-person stuff. You know, there are a lot of ways that that can take place or manifest where you had talked about being in sharing studio space with someone as being inspirational. Absolutely. And, and again, comes with vagaries. But uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I formerly shared a studio, a beautiful art studio. And and that was, ah, of course, still keep in touch with the owner of that studio. And uh, we have a accountability little, nice. our own little accountability club where we talk about what we want to be working on. And then we talk about whether we worked on that stuff or yeah. not. So we talk about a lot of art, artsy stuff, but it was really built, you know, that relationship was built going into the same space every day and having to work through you know, the timing, like sometimes we needed time in there by ourselves. And sometimes it was really nice to be in there together with the door open and the birds chirping and the energy of someone else around. Yeah. But getting both of those things, you know, also I was thinking of besides just working space, uh, residencies in, in terms of moving oh, yeah. your working space, signing up for residencies and... Um, and again, so there, <laughs> yeah, in those instances, you're having a shared experience with other people. And there's nothing like that, right? Where oh. it's like you have a, a way, in some ways it's a door into a conversation because you have shared this experience and you know if nothing else is in common between you, we both were at this residency or this workshop. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't connect with everyone equally at these things, especially the more people there are. Right. But at the same time, you'll find that there are commonalities outside of that workshop too with some of them. And that's kind of neat. Um, one thing that occurs to me, the, the common thread in all this is I feel like conversations about creativity and uh, it, within your medium and without spur that inspiration as well, right? So it's by talking about it, you kind of get excited about the, you know, just even the feeling of what it's like to create or, you know, we always, when I was a river guide, there was a uh, a comic that this uh, pretty funny dude, he, he wrote all these outdoor comics. Um, William Neely, and it's very mocking of the river culture, but in a loving way because he was part of it as well. Uh, but he, t he talks about the uh, Merck talk, and it, Merck talk is, you know, the professionals in the industry sitting down over beer and just BSing about <laughs> that thing. And I feel like that's kind of what these conversations are. It's like, if you're excited enough about it, you just want to kind of dissect it and look at it and yeah. And know if, you know, like, oh, yeah, you want to have revelations. And sometimes they come from yourself and sometimes they come from other people. And from, I, I think that's the part of it, of these relationships that, and the inspiration comes more from that probably than from anything else. And I would say that and in, in reading other people's work because it's like, oh, man, look what they did there. That's just this guy I was talking about before. He wrote this short story and it was everything I had thought about. Not not the actual story itself, but the style and everything he did. I was like, oh, man, like I've totally wanted to do that. And the coolest thing about what he did was it was he woke up one morning and he just had like this phrase in his mind. He, and he was just like, I kind of got to see where that goes. And, and, he, and he followed it. And it was a great story. It was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but inspirational. It's like, oh, man, you know, like 
he tried something that wasn't something that he would normally do and it worked for him, got it published. And, um, and it was just a, yeah, it was a really good story. Yeah. Stepping outside of your little comfort zone. Yeah. While scary can also be inspirational too. Yeah. And, and I think by having these interactions with people, it, it inspires you because we get blinders on into like what we're doing or what we're about. And I think when you see people, other people trying stuff, it might inspire you to try other stuff as well and go, well, you know, what's the worst thing that happens? I, it doesn't work. Yeah. And then I move on. Because I think sometimes when we're alone, we do get into a track, you know, oh, like yeah. in, in, and some may call it a rut sometimes, you know, like if you're just like, no, I need to. And it becomes about discipline, which is another. Did I mention this on the last? Episode, we want to make that an episode because I'm so interested in the self-talk. And I think that's what I know when I spend a lot of time alone, which I love time alone, but I definitely, my tapes, you know, my repetitive tapes start to play more more loudly when I'm by myself. And so getting with other people and getting another perspective also, you know, besides providing inspiration, also kind of knocks you out of your. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the uh, the big thing in all this, right, and and kind of what we were talking about last week, is the idea that you have to be open, right? So if you go in, like, you know, there are inevitably stories of people in workshops, for example, who show up and they think that their stuff is the cat's meow, and everyone's adult and and. You know, and they're not open to any new experiences or, or criticism or anything. And right. so, so it's, it's kind of a wasted experience for them. Whereas if you're open, it's like, oh, well, this, you know, by talking to these people, I realize there are other possibilities out there. I'm getting feedback about my own work maybe that I don't see in my work itself. So that can help me be open to changing my tracks, you know, uh, taking it all the way back to those movements that you're talking about, those people feed off of each other and in, in, on various levels. It's, it's not just the art, it's just everything, the stimulation. And, you know, once you get that brain going, you know, we talked about last week about the doubt and how that's an exercise. But if you exercise that muscle of interacting with other people and discoursing about art and creativity, man, it just, it does. It's a positive feedback loop. Oh, and I think it ties into... Uh... What we were talking about, too, with the myth of this lone genius, mm, you know, yes. like it's all of those people were, you know, someone like Picasso, he is, was famous for completely copying, you know, seeing what Matisse was doing, like, well, crap, I'm doing that. Yeah. And he would do something, but then he would riff on that, yep. you know, and so then he was seen as this original genius, but really, I mean, and he was original, but he was taking, he was making it his own yeah, yeah. through other people. Steal like it's an just, artist. Thank you, Austin Cleon. Hat tip to the Austin Cleon guy. That's awesome because I was reading an article, uh, an interview yesterday and in the Independent Creative. Um, it's a blog website that I subscribe to on my RSS feeder. But it was cool. It was this, and I, I don't remember the artist's name. But they were talking about that whole idea. That they were all about the collaboration, um, that there's that certain energy where, like, well, let's do this project where the, the goal is just to work together, whatever it is, you know, and the idea that there's enough out there for everyone, right? It's, there's not a limited slice of pie. Right. And so being afraid and hoarding your creativity is, is 
it's limiting, essentially. Whereas if you're working with other people, then you have this idea that, you know, oh, well, again, it changes your perception about what's available to you. And there was another interview in there, too, where this woman was doing visual art, but she was doing it by collaborating with authors on their books. And her art was inspired by their books or it was, you know, it was related. And, and you know, she'd ask, hey, do you mind if I do artwork based on your book? And and you create these relationships. Who's going to say no to that? Right. Well, right. It's like, no, I don't want you making cool art about my book. Uh, I think about music, too. I know um, Jeff Vandermeer, my buddy, <laughs> um, for his novel Finch, he worked with the group Murder by Death. Some, I don't know how the relationship existed, but they basically made a soundtrack for his book. I think that kind of maybe they released it when the book got released. And How cool. It's super cool. And uh I just love that. I love the cross medium mm-hmm. uh, pollination, whatever that is, but the collaboration. So the, community know, as inspiration. Yeah, that's sure. that's the takeaway. And and I think that the beautiful thing about that too is it being an artistic community is awesome, but it doesn't have to only be an artistic community. You know, if you are hanging out with people, you know, I'll use example from my life, but if if you're hanging out with people who mountain bike, you can ha- do the Merc talk. But when you talk about that stuff, it, it, I think it still activates the same, like when you get excited about, oh, yeah, you know, like when I go down this one part of the trail, there's this route there. And, then, you know, I try and hop that and skip all the other routes behind it and whatever it is. But you get excited about it because you're, you're, you're being creative in, in those ways, too. You know, I don't, I don't try to think of analogs that Ooh. aren't sports related. but Yeah, and there also might be parallels in terms, I was just thinking of my own very mm-hmm. basic beginning mountain biking. Yeah, that I was just saying to someone I was riding with that I'm I don't feel like I'm very good at looking ahead or or to picking my line. So uh-huh. I get up to these rooty rocky areas and all you know I've watched some videos and stuff and they're nice. like pick your line you know make sure you and I, all I'm doing is trying to stay on the bike at that <laughs> moment and so I'm yeah. not I don't feel like I'm paying attention to well what's my back tire going to be doing I have no idea like I'm you know. And so I wonder if there are parallel. It just occurred well, to me that there's a parallel in my creative life, like where I just get in there and start going. I haven't chosen a line That's and it. don't feel confident choosing a line. So I just like, oh, I'll just do. That's right. You oh kind of freak I out. I never thought about Isn't that. Isn't that beautiful? We just had a breakthrough <laughs> here, people. Oh my God. But it, it is. It's true. Like if you don't know where you're going and if you're not picking how you're getting there, at least even in a very rough And basic sense as opposed to like, you know, because if you detail every movement of how you're going to get from point A to point B in your art, it kind of steals a lot of the excitement out of it. Right. But you still have to know where you're headed. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I have to know. Right. By you, I mean me. (laughs) I have to know where I'm headed in order to be able to like have some parameters on it. Otherwise, everything's possible. And if everything's possible, it kind of freezes you and stuff like that. And I think with mountain biking and routes and that kind of stuff, I just remember... Like, I, I feel like it's akin to when you get to them, you get overwhelmed with all the information that's ahead of you. Your lid kind of flips and you flail and then you stop and then that's it. As opposed to being like, okay, because especially as a beginner, and this is like a, a foil to the beginner's mind. The beginner's mind is great <laughs> because it generates excitement, but it's also can be frustrating because you can't process everything that's available to you because you are a beginner and you don't have some reflexive type responses that you can kind of put off to the side and be able to focus on 
a single problem like, okay, well, I'm picking my line through the roots, but it's like, well, I'm trying to pedal and I'm trying to keep momentum. Am I, am I in the right gear? Am I right. you know, doing all these things? And um, it's just, I love that analog. Oh my I think God. it's so great. Yeah. And I realize that I muscle my way over some of those. And so then I'm, you know, I get over it and I'm like, okay, I did it, but I learned nothing. And I feel like sometimes that's the case with my artistic mm-hmm. process that I'm experimenting and going intuitively and having fun and all that stuff. But I don't walk away with, or, or I don't keep doing it. I go on for the next new thing instead of learning something. I don't well, know that. Anyway, I, I, say, need to, I need to examine that, sorry, in my well, journal before I go talking about no, it. No, no. <laughs> as someone who's been there, you know, I think, and again, this is, this is a little, this is metaphorical to creative practice, but <laughs> you are learning something, even though you're muscling, you're like, okay, well, I know that I can muscle my way oh, up and, yeah. or, or even like, well, it might not be graceful, but I, I realize that if I keep pedaling, I'll get through the roots. I'll get over right. the roots. Momentum does. Right. Serve. And I think that, that <laughs> same thing with creativity, you know, like you can be like, oh, I'm kind of stuck on this thing. But it's like, well, I'm going to power through this, even though maybe the result isn't the best thing that I want. It's not, you know, what I imagine in my mind, Ooh. but I know that once I have this thing that I've created, then I can riff on it. I can refine it. I can do a lot of things with it, but I've got that basic piece to work with. And that's for me, for writing, it's like I've mentioned this before, doing the first draft is always the most freeing because it's like, well, I don't care if it sucks. I just need to get the bones down and then I can, you know, put flesh on it or take a bone out or put two (laughs) heads on it. (laughs) All right. It's a really weird metaphor, but but anyway, I, I, I like that idea of just sort of this, these basic incremental pieces you can kind of go, okay, well, yeah, that works and gets me at least to where I want to go. Yeah. This is now a biking artistic metaphor <laughs> podcast. And refer back to take one action. So just mm-hmm. get moving. You've got to be on the bike to get over those roots. <laughs> and the cool thing, well, I'll do one last bike metaphor because I'm going to bring it all back around to the community. Oh. So one of the things when I first started mountain biking, which I just realized it's been 10 years since I started <gasps> oh. uh, in August, it was 10 years. But anyway, I started going to these group rides, which was terrifying, right? Because I was hmm. not good. Um, everyone was fast and just like, ah, oh, what am I doing here? And it was, it was miserable at times, but by riding with other people, you know, once I knew what questions to ask, I could get information like, oh, well, yeah, well, when I do that, this is what I do. And like, oh, yes, you know, I can think about that. And um, was reading books and as well, like, okay, some techniques, you know, what are some things I can, and, and the better I got, it was cool because as I was reading the books, or especially one book in particular, but as I was reading it, I've suddenly had context for the things that they were talking about in the book. Whereas when I first started reading, I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, I totally get it now. And I think that's the same thing with, or when people were talking about it, get the context and like, oh, right, now I know what they're talking about. And the same thing applies to creative practice and being able to talk with other people. Um, the cool thing is, I'll, I'll mention a couple writing things if, in case anyone's interested that were helpful for me online. So there's the Online Writers Workshop, which is, I'm assuming it's still out there. Haven't been on it in a while, but it's a way to submit your work to a community and get feedback on it. And it basically works as like a reciprocity system where if you, you start out with a number of points and then you submit your work, um, and, but you, to get more points, you have to critique other people's work. So there's mm-hmm. a quid pro quo there, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Um, 
And then there are just a couple of blogs that have have good information, um, but there are also people engaging in the comments section. And there's the, uh, uh, well, I mentioned Nathan Bransford uh, a couple episodes ago. He has a pretty active commenting community uh, on his blog. And Writer Unboxed is another one where I think a lot of people, it's a, it's, yeah, it's just, they have a great range of, of blog posts, but also an active commenting community and might be a nice way to keep people. And of course there's social media. But yeah, lots of Facebook groups for artists and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's just around. hard to tap it. Like, it's hard to know which ones are going to work for you. But, you know, if you spend a lot of time there, there are a lot of great resources. So anyway. Yeah. I want to throw that out there. Um, I think, I don't know, I feel like that's a pretty good yeah. look at I've had a breakthrough. And... I don't know about the rest of you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I've got something to write about in my journal. Heck Yeah. <laughs> It's funny that we did that whole last episode and just didn't really talk about community. And as we're talking about here, I realized just, man, how powerful it is to yeah. have that, that connection with other people who are doing what you're doing. Yes. Really cool. So hopefully uh, you have a community to work with. And if you don't, hopefully you can find one. And keep in mind, it's sometimes if you're just getting started out, it can be a little bit of a slow burn because, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard, it's hard to break into existing groups, which is why... That writing workshop that I was in was great because we were all kind of in the same place. And some people, you know, had networks of friends and whatever, but finding that right welcoming environment is uh, is kind of key. And they're out there. They're out there for people of all walks of creative life. Creative life. Yes. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Creative Double Shot, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs>